Bah, humbug. I can't believe we're back with another stupid episode of the Pop Punk Project. Whoa, Mike, what's wrong? I've had it with all this Christmas nonsense, Keenan. I'm sick of the long lines at the mall, all the commercialism, all the traffic and the crowds. I'm just fed up. Oh, come on, Mike. Where's your holiday cheer? <sighs> Tell me about holiday cheer. <sighs> Wait a minute. I know just the thing, Mike. How about our second installment of A Very Pop Punk Christmas Special, where we discuss eight of our favorite pop punk Christmas songs. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, let's toboggan. <laughs> really setting the tone for this one. I know. <laughs> we hate everybody, we hate this, we hate Christmas. Now let's listen to some music. <laughs> Now, Mike, this year, not only did we pick a few of our favorite pop punk Christmas songs, but we solicited some ideas from our very committed listeners, did we not? Solicited is the ideal term. But here's the thing. We decided to make it a contest. We only picked our top two favorite out of the hundreds that came in. Isn't that right? Yeah. (laughs) Only two made the final cut, but uh, we appreciate everybody for participating. Yeah, thank you all. We will send out door prizes at some point. Just uh, check your mail constantly. So the first track this year was actually submitted by longtime friend, one-time co-host, Patrice Mulhern. Song number one, Jimmy World's Last Christmas. I'm really glad Patrice submitted this track to us for our uh, listening pleasure, Keenan. What a great choice by her. Yeah, what a strong way to start the episode. Now, this wasn't initially a Jimmy World song, was it? No, Keenan. As a matter of fact, it wasn't. It was originally released and recorded by the duo Wham! all the way back in 1984. The British pop duo Wham? That's right, comprised of George Michael and Andrew Ridgely. Now, what I will say about this, Mike, is even though they covered the Wham! version, the Jimmy World version actually doesn't have all the same verses. They only use one of the verses. I think the Wham! version has like maybe two or three. Definitely more than one verse, Keenan, that's for sure. Oh, that was an interesting creative choice. Yeah, it was. I never realized that, mostly because the song is still four and a half minutes long. I know. They really (laughs) dragged it out. It's a lot of chorus, that much I'll say. I have my gripe with the chorus. I don't know if I want to get into it yet. Oh, okay. Well, why don't you start with uh, the theme? What, what's the song about? All right, fine, Keenan. I'll start with the theme. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just going to be grumpy all episode? Yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> so the theme is one that I think we all can relate to. It's about giving someone your heart around the holiday season and the very next day, them giving it away. <laughs> Who hasn't been dumped right after Christmas, right, Mike? Yeah. The good part is... The following year, in order to 
save yourself from tears, you're going to give your heart to someone special. <laughs> That's so, right, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. basically just recited the chorus. Yeah. Uh, nice. I like the idea of just plotting for an entire year waiting. Like, I'm not going to get into a relationship before next Christmas. I'm oh, yeah. I'm just going to wait until then. You have to wait until the special time of the year. It is kind of a funny song because it's like half Christmas breakup song, half Christmas love song. It's like looking back at a bad relationship, but also appreciating the one that you have. I thought that was kind of interesting. That is a pop punk theme that we've seen from time to time. I always think, though, like, why look back on somebody that treated you badly if you're happy with where you're at? I guess that doesn't write a good pop punk song or (laughs) or Christmas song, but, you know, it's okay, man. Like, move on. Yeah, I think he's just appreciating who he has because it was so much worse in the past. I think that's maybe what they're trying to get at. Like, they're saying that they found somebody so much better, so they love this person that much more. Well, good for them. I'm happy. You know, it makes me happy that they found that special person this time around. Now, Mike, when was the last time you got dumped on Boxing Day? It hasn't happened yet. Abby and I broke up a couple times briefly, <laughs> you know, a couple hours at a time, but never around the Christmas season. Thank goodness. So you can't relate to this then? No, not not entirely. I do wonder, like, the true root of that line, like, last Christmas I gave you my heart. Do you think that's somebody that's already in a committed relationship, maybe proposing or trying to take things to the next level? Or is that somebody that's taking a shot here and confessing that they have feelings for this person and them not being reciprocated? I think it was probably the former. I think it was probably them professing their love in a big way, like an engagement or a big gift, and that person didn't appreciate it. They didn't get them the Lexus with the big red bow in the driveway. (laughs) Or they did. They did, and they gave it away. Yeah, happy Honda days. Yeah, it was like one of those. (laughs) Could have been. Yeah, I don't know. It's a cool song. It's obviously a very popular one historically, and I think it's been covered multiple times, but for our purposes, we chose the Jimmy World version. It does make you think about past relationships spent with loved ones that you're no longer with. Like, it is a weird concept for you to bring a partner to a family get-together, and then the following year, that person is gone. You're like, okay, I moved on, found somebody new, or you just show up without that person. And you're like, wow, why did I even introduce them? Like, that is such a big commitment, and now it's just over. It's kind of awkward. It's usually around the holiday, right? Maybe not always Christmas time, but those big family gatherings like Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas, 
and say you meet somebody new in Easter and then by Thanksgiving or Christmas, they're just not there. And it's not like you're going to send like a group text update to everybody in your family saying, hey, by the way, we broke up and she uh, she gave my heart away. So, I mean, no matter which side you are on, it's horrible. Like if you're showing up to your next family gathering, then you just get all these questions like, oh, where's so and so? Then you'll be like, oh, it didn't work out. It's a whole thing. Or if you are the person that goes and meets their family and you like spend that whole holiday like trying to impress people and then all of a sudden you just forget about them. I don't know. Both situations are kind of the worst. You wasted a lot of time trying to remember people's names that you'll never see again. Yeah. It's a lot of uh, brain power wasted. (laughs) Abby is a nurse and it'll be nice this year because she doesn't work at all on Christmas Eve or Christmas. But in previous years, she has had to work one or the other. And most of the time she selects Christmas Eve just because, you know, we have stuff going on Christmas Eve, but she likes having off on Christmas Day. Christmas Eve is when we go to New Jersey to spend some time with my dad's family. So I think for maybe like three or four years in a row, Abby wasn't present with me. Oh. Like I would just show up alone. And, you know, and everybody loves Abby. My whole family loves Abby. So it was always like, oh, where's Abby? And I was like, oh, she's got work. But I was thinking like year after year, like I and I told her, I'm like people are going to think we just broke up and I'm just keeping this going because yeah. you're never able to attend parties due to oh, work. She missed it again. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> she really wishes she could be here this year, you guys, but she can't. Uh, yeah, that's good. Wait, so Mike, so what's your gripe with the chorus? What's that all about? This is one of those things where I've just always thought this and I don't know when I'm going to get the chance to make a statement on it again. The chorus has always bothered me in how it's, like, assembled, rhyme-wise. So you know the chorus, right? I've heard it, yeah. Last Christmas I gave you my heart, the very next day you gave it away. I've always disliked the rhyming of day with away. I always thought that it would sound better if it rhymed with heart. Mm. So, like, last Christmas I gave you my heart, the very next day you tore it apart or you ripped it apart or something like that. Oh, a little rewrite. Oh, this is what we should do. We should rewrite these pop punk songs to make them better. Yeah, but just little edits like that that don't yeah, really change. Yeah, one or two. <laughs> and it's also hilarious that the very last word in the chorus, special, is like so out of place. Like literally doesn't come close to rhyme with anything. Yeah, that has bothered me to a lesser degree, but still. How about this for the last line, Mike? This year to save me from tears, I'll give it to my new dear. I like it. We can work on these. We don't have to go... You know, we don't have to finalize it right now. Off the cuff, though, that's not a bad start from either of us. No, I think there's definitely room for improvement, but it's definitely a good start. Definitely, definitely. Well, thanks so much, Patrice. This was a great first suggestion, and uh, we liked some of it. We hated a little bit of it, and yeah, let's move on. But we love all of you. You don't, because you're angry. Oh, right. (laughs) Track number two, Newfound Glories, Nothing for Christmas. Ooh, that sounds real negative, Mike. Is this going to be a sad song? It sounds like somebody's going to have a really crummy Christmas. (laughs) Maybe a lot of coal in their stocking. Yeah. I don't mean to hold on to your arm for so long. December it comes in a flash, then it's gone. A hope in your eyes that I can't put a price on. I won't let you go through this year all alone and I... Summer. 
Actually, Mike, this song's not negative at all. It's actually very heartwarming. It's one of my favorite pop-punk Christmas songs of all time. Wow. Son of a gun, Keenan. Can I be honest with you? I actually knew that it was a pretty happy song because I had listened to it prior to sitting down to record with you. Oh, you tricked us, Michael. (laughs) What the heck? I hadn't heard this one before, but it is really good. I don't know. You take the lead. If It's one of your favorites. Jeez. I'd be happy to, Mike. I'll shut up and listen. Yeah, you should. Yeah, shut up (laughs) and listen. It's got a good message. It's about not worrying about the gifts and material possessions associated with the holidays, not worrying about your problems for just this short period of time, and just appreciating all your loved ones, your family, appreciating the time that you get to spend with them. So that's a really good message. Christmas theme aside, this is just a great song in general. It obviously ties itself back to Christmas, but I was thinking Newfound Glory does an incredible job when they strip down and do acoustic songs like this. I know you'll remember, but there was one song on Catalyst that we took a look at that they did like a studio session, acoustic. Yeah, it was Truth of My Youth, wasn't it? Mm, Yep, that was it. You kind of see that Jordan actually has a really decent voice when it's more fleshed out and less nasally and he's not holding his nose and screaming yeah exactly i really like his voice and not only that but i was actually doing some episode prep listening to these songs the other night and my beautiful wife abby said who is that about this song and i said oh it's newfound glory Ooh, that's big news she said oh i i like this a lot so they impressed her wow that's huge because she's a she's a tough cookie yeah, she acts like she hates this music, but... She really loves that, it. And that just shows the broad appeal of this song. I think, hopefully, people take a listen since we're talking about it, but it's a good message, it's a good song, and especially now as adults, you do kind of get that feeling that whenever people ask you what you want, you kind of think, you know what, I really have everything that I need. Obviously, like, we're old enough now that we just order stuff online whenever it comes to mind. So this is a cool song that kind of reflects on that. In this case, it's a relationship or whatever, but I don't know. My parents each year ask me what I want. I'm like, don't worry about it. Like, I'm pretty much set. Yeah, I do feel like the older you get, you care less and less about the possessions. And it's more about, oh, I just can't wait to see everybody again. Can't wait to get everybody together. And I think especially these days when it's so hard to get big crowds and big groups of people together, that's all you really want. So I think the message is even more true today. And it will be even true when we're old as f***, you know? Yeah. We're going to just be kind of in the corner and the grandkids are going to be scared to come near us. (laughs) It's classic. (laughs) Do you think in general that, like, this song, part of the chorus is Christmas is coming, don't get me anything or whatever, right? Yeah. Do you think that's a trap? Like, when somebody tells you, like, oh, don't bother getting me anything. Oh, it certainly can be. I feel like I've fallen for that one before. Yeah. Oh, don't get me anything big. I don't need anything big this year. Yeah. (laughs) I made that mistake. I genuinely mean it when I say it. Because if I wanted something, I would just tell somebody. But yeah, true. I don't know. Like this year, we have a baby on the way in March. So we both decided we should save money and maybe get a couple gifts geared toward that. But um, oh, Mike, that's a trap. You should get her a gift. Well, the, <laughs> I, I did buy her a gift, but it's a baby thing. Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and just tell you right now. You should still get her something for her. I don't think I'm going to. <laughs> okay. Well, Mike, you're about to fall for the trap. This is the oldest trick in the book. Yeah, that's why I wanted to ask you that question. You say, of course it's not a trap, Keenan." Mm, People no. love when you don't give them anything. I'm going to go on the record and say, 
Uh, you better check Amazon later tonight. Rush delivery. I'll give you some broader context. So this baby item is an expensive... Uh, they make like 50 types of expensive-ass chairs for babies to sit in. It was like $200. So Okay, that's... Yeah. Still. <laughs> <laughs> Just trust me on this one. All right. Trust the single guy. <laughs> but I get Abby things all year round. I give her my love every day. Not enough. Never enough. Unfortunately, we're recording this past the shipping date to arrive by Christmas, so it looks like I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah, you're in trouble now. Track number three, Something Corporate's Forget December. On Christmas morning, outside was blowing, all was hopeless and this home. No one speaking, no one creeping, see if she was on the Now, this one, Mike, is an interesting follow-up to the last one because this is a total 180. This is the negative side of the holidays. Yeah, complete opposite of the NFG track. Not a feel-good song in the least. This is what you would think of when you think of a true, like, pop-punk emo Christmas song. Just one big bummer. <laughs> yeah. Compared to the Newfound Glory song where they're saying that, oh, forget about your worries for just a month and act like your problems don't matter. This is saying that not everybody can just do that, which I think is true. Like people can't just forget about their everyday issues because it's snowing outside for a couple days. Like life still goes on and some people can't afford gifts. Some people have to deal with the everyday struggle. Yeah, some people can only afford a $200 baby seat <laughs> and that's it. And that should be good enough. It's not. I think the song also alludes to the pressure of, you know, it says, forget December. It won't be better than what I remember it before. So there's always that internal pressure to maybe top past holidays or. Oh, yeah. At least like get an equal value out of it. You said it's not always just right on time, December 25th each year. Like I'm happy and cheerful and ready to go. Sometimes it's like. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I've had a bad Christmas, but there's definitely that pressure to be like, better make the most out of it. It's Christmas after all. Yeah, there's always such a buildup and the expectations are always so high. And I feel like sometimes that can really blow up in your face. Like for some people, especially people that come from like, I don't know, like broken homes where they don't get along with their family and all of a sudden they're forced to like interact with those people again. I feel like the holidays can be so much worse. So people just dread it. And I think that's what something corporate is addressing really i was thinking when i was listening that i'm not sure exactly when they recorded this but i think it was probably around with their album north because that album has a lot of the same themes in this song just like broken homes and uh restlessness and not being happy with the current situation you're in and for a long time i thought this might have been like a relationship song but the more i listen to it the more i think this might just be a dysfunctional family that's what I always thought. Yeah, yeah. Together this time of year and they're realizing like really can't fake this or force this. Like this house is not really 
a home or whatever. Yeah, or I think it could be a combination of all those things. I think this guy could be approaching the holiday knowing that he's going to have to see his family who doesn't get along with. His relationship is bad, so that won't be good. Like, could just be everything coming at him all at once. Track number four, Ann Arbor's West Coast Christmas. It's a little chilly right about this time each year. And it's a little silly that it's 92 out here. But where I'm from, we drink Corona, smoke our swishers and paint the sun. Life is easy, so flow like whiskey. And everybody sing along. Oh, we know it never snows. Going race in the desert sun. West Coast, in the best coast, everybody sing like so much Christmas cheer, cracking up the beer, ain't no right or wrong, West Coast Christmas song, we all have and sing, maybe smoke some green, that's where we belong, singing a West Coast Christmas song. Mike, ah, this one might be another opposite of the previous song. This one's just an all-around feel-good, chill Christmas song. Maybe the chillest Christmas song ever written. I'm trying to rack my brain at the moment, Kima, and I can't think of a chiller Christmas song. So forgive me if there's an obvious one that I'm missing, but... No, this is off the chill charts. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard anything else by Ann Arbor besides this song? It's funny because as soon as I listen to this song, and I've heard this song uh, previously. I remember listening to it a lot last year. I went and I started listening to a few of their other songs, and they're good. I don't think there's really anything that you would know. Like, you wouldn't recognize anything if I played it for you right now. Yeah. I don't know if they had any, like, big hits. But I've heard of them before, and I know that their songs randomly come up on, like, Spotify playlists. Right. But I don't know. To answer your question, no, I don't know too much by them. Okay. I mean, this is enough, honestly. It's about a West Coast Christmas, you know? They're outside in 92 degrees weather and they say that's a little bit chilly which is like (laughs) it's very silly as they mention yeah come on guys they mentioned like uh drinking coronas you know that corona christmas commercial where like they have the christmas lights on the palm trees yeah this would be like the perfect song for that commercial yeah mike that would be a pretty good song how about the parts about them uh smoking doobies and chicks and bikinis (laughs) do you think that would be uh allowed on tv yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> it's America, right? Actually, hey, it is America. I feel like that would get us excited. You know what, Keenan? I know I said I really don't want anything for Christmas, but scratch that. Some chicks in bikinis would be killer. hey <laughs> Nice. West Coast, baby. This song reminds me a lot of our discussion last year about what they do in Christmas time in warmer climates. Do you remember that? I think it was the Reliant K song we started talking about. Like Christmas in Australia. We're like, what the heck do they do in Australia? Yeah. That's all I kept thinking about here. Like, I thought the exact same thing. I, <laughs> I wrote down the exact same thing. I think we discussed this at length last year. And that's great. Like, I'm sure that's just what you're used to. Like drinking brews, hanging out with babes and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I really do love the the whole makeup of like a Northeast Christmas, you know? Totally. Yeah. But that's what we grew up with, though. That's probably why. Yeah, exactly. That's probably why. Like, the chance of snow, like, a crisp chill in the air, like, going inside and feeling that blast of, like, warm air, like a fire or whatever. I am still shocked that there aren't more songs that talk about things like this. Things outside of just, like, the Northeast American Christmas. Am I wrong, or does over half the world not experience, 
like snow and super cold weather on Christmas. Think about it. Yeah. Like the entire Southern Hemisphere, it's summer right now. And then think about parts of the U.S. where it's hot and parts of Europe where it's hot, parts of Asia where it's hot. Like, I don't know. It's a weird concept to me. Like, why is the prevailing belief of Christmas this like cold, snowy winter wonderland? Or is that just what we've been exposed to? Did I don't know. Is that because the coastal elites uh, <laughs> that, I don't know. wrote all the Christmas songs of the 40s <laughs> <Yeah>. and 50s? <laughs> Maybe. Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra just... Uh... Yeah, they just took over. I will say we haven't sampled all the uh, Asian and Southern Hemisphere Christmas songs, though, so... That's true. But the West Coast ones, we definitely have. One thing I was thinking, like, I kind of wish... <laughs> this goes back to us, like, rewriting these songs... Oh, God. We should do this for every single one. <laughs> they talk about Jack, which I believe is a reference to Jack Daniels. Definitely. But I think they could have made, like, a good reference, like, a good correlation between, like, I'd rather have some Jack Daniels than Jack Frost or something like that. Really stick it to the winter Christmas songs. Yeah, exactly. They have all this praise for the West Coast Christmas, like, having a cactus or something like that. Yep. They don't talk about the increased cost of living about living in california (laughs) well it depends where you are they're actually from phoenix so i think they might be talking about phoenix and i don't know actually phoenix i think is an expensive city but i don't know outside of phoenix who knows i wonder that because they mentioned the cactus and that's you know most associated with arizona but then that's not the coast so it's like can you really say that these guys are posers come on ann arbor we say we're on the east coast like if your state touches an ocean Somewhere on the map, you can say you're on the coast, but Arizona has... Dude, Pennsylvania doesn't touch an ocean. Yeah, but it's like right there. (laughs) Yeah, they probably look at it like, oh, it's right there. Only California is separating us. (laughs) That's a lot more than like... Only New Jersey is separating us. It's literally driving an hour to the coast. Let me look up. (laughs) I love that you're making this comparison, but I think it's literally the same comparison for them. It's one state away from the ocean. If you wrote a song about celebrating Christmas in Pennsylvania, would you call it East Coast Christmas? Yeah, of course. They should call it Arizona Christmas. <laughs> uh, I think I might have to side with Ann Arbor on this one, Mike. Right. I want to agree with you, but I-, I think it's the losing side of the argument. It looks like parts of Arizona are pretty close, but... <laughs> okay, so apologize to Ann Arbor and let's move on. No. You know what? I'm <laughs> <laughs> Sticking to your guns? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Track number five, The Wonder Years, Christmas at 22. Winter breakaway seems so cold. I took my brother's keys and I drove. Turn the headlights on because it's already dark at 6 p.m. And I'll navigate familiar roads to the Christmas songs on the radio. I'll turn it off for let it snow. I won't be snowed in.
I gotta say, Mike, this was my first time hearing this song. I was pretty blown away by it. I thought this was a really good one. Brought back some really good college winter break memories. Yeah, I enjoy this one as well. It was uh, one of my selections, one of my curations. <laughs> and it's a great song for us because the Wonder Years are local to where we live. And this song was originally released around like 2004, 2005. So there's a lot of great early 2000s kind of references and... um ideologies and things like that uh like they talk about stealing cable and aim away messages yeah just these bygone things that we can reflect on now but it dates the song but it also is like a ton of nostalgia when you hear those lines it's kind of just like christmas song about coming home from college and being on winter break and hanging out with all your old high school friends and hometown friends and just having some comfort in knowing that Really, nobody's changed and you're all still boys and you can still get into all the same stuff you always did. It means a lot more because it's, you know, they say it's been since August since I've seen most of these guys. So it's just a fun friend Christmas song. It really is, Mike. Yeah, those were pretty special times when you didn't see your friends for extended periods and then all of a sudden you're all back together again. And I don't know, I just had these memories of seeing those friends, driving around familiar neighborhoods drinking secretly in people's basements again. Like those are things that you didn't really have to do in college. And all of a sudden you're back and you're asking your parents to borrow the car and you're trying to stay out of trouble. It's kind of a fun time. I don't know how long your Christmas breaks were, but ours were always around like three to four weeks. So pretty extensive. Yeah, mine was the same. Yeah, so almost like a mini summer vacation, like a mini summer break. They were pretty long. So you had time to do a lot of stuff. We live in a great spot for like winter activities. So you could, you know, go skiing or snow tubing or hang out at the Poconos. I mean, I never did any of those things, but, <laughs> but you could. <laughs> you could. Uh, we mostly just uh, hung out and uh, we did, you know, this dumb stuff in this song. Like they say, like, we'll go to a bar and then go to a house party and then go to a diner and then drive home and just eat frozen pizza. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this glamorous idea of, home it's just the fun and comforting things that you kind of missed when you were on your own off in college the two places it immediately reminded me of were tommy's house and swamer's house yeah because i feel like those were the places whenever we were back on winter break we would go and catch up and we would drink beers in tommy's basement or go to swamer's house and hang around his neighborhood and the really funny part was you mentioned going to a diner and I vividly remember going to Swamer's house on New Year's Eve, I think a couple years in a row. Mm -hmm. And it became sort of a mini tradition where the next day we would go on New Year's Day, we'd go to the local diner in North Wales, which is the American Star Diner, and get like a big breakfast with everybody. And I was thinking, that could have been the exact same diner that they're referencing in the song because Soupy and the other guys from the band are from like the Lansdale, North Wales area. And I think the American Star Diner is like a fixture of that area. So I heard that. I'm like, oh my God, this could be my exact situation. I love the American Star Diner and I haven't been in quite some time, but I don't want to crush you here, but I, it's not that diner. Or oh. I should say, I'm sure they've gone to that diner. How do you know it's not that diner? But I think you've also probably been to the diner that they did frequent. What's that one? Because it was um, Michael's Diner, like on 309. Oh, yeah. Like near Five Points. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, Michael's Diner. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> one. We went to the same one. Yeah. <laughs> There's a 
I think there's a song on one of their albums called like Coffee Eyes or something, and they actually reference it by name. So. Oh, okay. Or I, I've read interviews. Well, you don't know. This could be a, another diner, Mike. The American Star. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the guys have gone to American Star. I'm sure they've gone to uh, Lancers and oh. all those places that we would we would hang out and just get silver dollar pancakes. Soupy, if you're listening right now, call in. Let us know which diner you're talking about. Or if it's all the diners. Maybe it's every single diner we've been to. Let us know. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's the best part about a diner is, you know, it's all relatable. Because if you, yeah. you know. you've been to one, you've been to them all. So I'll just say it was the same one. Yeah, you could say the word diner and everybody pictures like their diner. So Yeah, true. Great song, though. I was impressed with this one. Thanks for that one, Mike. Absolutely. Track number six, Dashboard Confessionals, The Only Gift That I Need. I'll be living off your phone calls and your letters and your postcards. Every single word is like a secret wish come true. Who cares if we're apart for the big days? It's the small ones that made me fall in love with you. In love with you. I want you here by my side. Cold nights and fires and white wine. And dreams of holidays to come. I'll wait for Now, Mike, here's a new topic, a Christmas long-distance love song. (laughs) We really covered just about everything this episode, didn't we? I was hoping we'd run into the long-distance topic on this episode, Keenan. Wow, Chris is, uh, he's got a rough Christmas this year, Keenan, because he was excited to spend it with the person he loves, but he has just not going to happen this year, so he's looking forward to the days ahead when they're together once again. Yeah, so let me paint the picture, Mike. So she's leaving for the winter. She won't be back until the spring. And therefore, he has to spend Christmas, unfortunately, alone. I just kept thinking, what situation could that be where you leave for the winter and come back in the spring? I was thinking maybe they're college kids and she's studying abroad. And maybe she has to leave at like a weird time. But would she still be missing the holidays? I feel like even studying abroad, you would leave after the holidays. I don't know. Is there a situation where this is obvious to you? I thought of studying abroad as well, for whatever reason. It's possible she wants to be able to experience a warm Australian Christmas. There you go. Or a West Coast Christmas Yeah, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, studying abroad out of Arizona State. <laughs> yeah. She heads out a couple of weeks early to make sure she's there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird time of year, Like I guess, because it's like an extended period of time, but not forever, not like years worth of time it seems like the perfect amount of time for a college semester plus christmas yeah that's what i'm thinking like it's not the weirdest time of year but it's just like off by a month like why would you leave right before the holidays yeah maybe chris needs to get the hint here (laughs) yeah (laughs) having said all that mike long distance relationships during the holidays is not that uncommon of a theme in even just broader holiday songs it reminded me a lot of that song, I'll Be Home for Christmas, which is one of the pretty classic Christmas songs. Mm. It's about the guy who wants to be home, and he's saying, oh, he can't wait to be home, and all the things that he's going to do when he's home. But at the end of the song, he reveals that he probably is actually not going to make it home. So, I don't know. I think this was just Dashboard's interpretation of 
that concept. Yeah, I like that idea. They're uh, taking a classic Christmas song and putting their own little spin on it. Yeah, and let's not forget that, you know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes you're stuck abroad and you just have to make do. You do make do, Keenan. What else can you do? It seems like we just talked about Chris and his lyrical uh, genius the other day, but there's a great line on this one. I think it's like a little bit cheesy, but I did listen to it and I re-listened to it. I'm like, damn, that's like a that's a good line. Would you like to hear it? Can I guess what it is? Because yeah, go, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Because I wrote down a tattoo line for this song. I thought it'd be very specific to long distance relationships, and I also thought it was probably way too cheesy to put on your body. But is it? Who cares if we're apart for the big days? It's the small ones that make me fall in love with you. Yep. That was it. That was it. I love that we both pointed that one out. I don't know. It's definitely cheesy, but I still kind of like the sentiment behind it. Yeah, it's absolutely true. It's like, it goes back to that same idea. Like, sometimes people make a big deal out of Christmas when they don't really have to. Like, yes, it's a great time to see those that you may not get to see for most of the year, but... It's just another day. Like, of course, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was born on that day. So that's <laughs> an important highlight. But otherwise, like, it's just a nice time to appreciate people. And whether that be the fact that you're with them or like we experienced last year, the longing for them, not being able to be with them and realizing how important they are, you know, so there's that feeling there behind it that is cheesy, but heartfelt. Mike, when you're in love, every day's a holiday. All right, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Track number seven, Simple Plans, My Christmas List. Somebody take me away or give me a time machine to take me straight to midnight. I'll be all right. I want a girl in my bed who knows what to do, a PlayStation 2. I want a shopping spree in New York City. Just Now, Mike, we're going to steer hard away from the sentimental songs and just really lean into some classic pop-punk angsty themes. Yeah, Keenan, classic simple plan. Grown men writing a song about a baby's Christmas list. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was so funny. It was like so typical simple plan. Let's write as if we're middle schoolers, even though we're all early 20s. <laughs> yeah. I want a DVD, a big screen TV. Just bring me things that I don't need. Like, wow, give me a DVD. Yeah, dude. Hey, back then, a DVD was a big deal. Yeah, it was probably like 30 plus dollars back in 2002. Because yeah. this had to have been around, this isn't a recent song, right? No, this is actually a bonus track on No Pads, No Helmets, Just Balls. I didn't even realize that. I looked it up and I saw that and I was like, oh man, we should start doing these bonus songs because we're missing out on a lot of really good ones. <laughs> But I did think this was actually like a pretty good song. I thought if you took all the obvious Christmas references and lyrics, and if you took out the like one or two times that there were jingle bells in the song, this just could have been like a normal, simple plan banger. Childish theming aside, it was a good song. And I just love 
when bands take a stab at a Christmas song, whether it becomes like a classic, like Jimmy Eat World covering Wham, or like a bonus track of an album we've already reviewed and we didn't even know yeah. it existed. I had no clue. Yeah. <laughs> it's like cool. Like it, this is a little gem. Yeah. Although they are older guys being a little childish with their Christmas list, it did kind of bring back some good memories of being a kid and like. I feel like I always had like that one big gift, like the one thing that I really wanted. And then everything else was just gravy. Yeah. Oh, totally. I was trying to think if you had to pick out one or two really big gifts that you got through the years, are there any that really stand out? Like, oh, this is the best Christmas ever because I got this gift. The one that always comes to mind was it was Christmas 1999, I got the N64. Oh, dude. Yeah. I was going to say that was one of mine. I had two, and that was one of them. Yep. That was a big one for us. Yeah, I got the N64 box set. I think it came with, like, you know, the console, two controllers, and maybe a game, maybe, like, Super Mario or Super Smash Brothers, one of those, like, Nintendo-exclusive games. I think Mario 64 definitely came with it. I think it came with all of them. Yeah, and it was, like, extra special because we were in disney world that christmas so oh we were really worried that you know santa wouldn't be able to find us that year <laughs> oh he always finds you yeah into our hotel room so we <laughs> yeah. still had like all these awesome gifts in the hotel it was, it was the awesome. chimney in your hotel room <laughs> yeah he just like came in through the balcony yeah he finds a way yeah that's great so is that the biggest one that you can think of yeah like i'm sure there are others like i remember this because of home movies but I lost my mind at uh, my Thomas the Tank Engine like train table. Oh yeah, like just that's a, a cool table one. to play trains on. Yep. You know, for three or four year old me, that was a huge one. I don't know. More recently, this is kind of silly, but I think it was Christmas of 2015, and this goes back to: Do you actually mean it when you say you don't want anything? I remember all I really wanted was an Apple Watch, but I was like, it's like too much money. Like, don't bother. I'll just save up for it. Or whatever. Yeah. Because at that point, I was like 25 and totally capable of buying myself my own <laughs> Apple Watch. But my parents surprised me and they got me like the first gen Apple Watch. So that was like oh, nice. pretty cool. And, you know, they really didn't have to do that. So I was like, oh, man, that's like pretty cool. I was very surprised. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah, it was great. Thank you. What about you? What like so N64, any others that uh, little Keen Bean was was happy to receive? <laughs> yeah. The other one that I remember was. I begged my parents for a drum set and I couldn't tell you what year it was. It must've been in middle school, but I remember they surprised me. They had set it up in the basement and it was there Christmas morning. I remember it being a huge deal and I remember playing it like all day, every day for weeks on end. So that was, that was a big one to see like the huge bright red Thomas set in the basement. It was so cool. Oh, that's awesome. We actually got Jack a toddler drum set this year. Ooh. Oh, you guys are going to regret that pretty quickly well one of the reviews actually said not that loud so oh, that's good yeah. bye yeah we'll see how that goes but i remember bikes were always a huge one because as you grew like you got a new bike every couple years oh yeah totally and my parents would wheel it in from the garage like uh into the basement and like that'd be like oh my god a bike <laughs> couldn't always ride it right away but you know still pretty cool damn dude you had some great christmases so did you man yeah true i think the pure nature of like the excess of this list it, it jogged an old memory for me do you remember in paul nixon's basement he had or not him but like his mom had framed one of his old christmas lists from when he was like i don't know 10 or so yeah and he literally had like 35 things just 
all yeah. on his Christmas list. They were list. all like so absurd too, were they? Yeah, it's like literally every single thing a, a 10-year-old kid in 2001 <laughs> could possibly want. Yeah. But I remember the first one was a red apple lab top, like spelled L-A-B, <laughs> like lab top. And I'm like, wow, what an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Kudos to him, because if you don't ask, you don't you don't know what the answer is until you ask, you know? That's true. I wonder how many of those he got. I'm sure he got like at least one of them. Yeah. At some point in his life. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. This song also had my tattoo line. Can I guess what line is? Because this one had a line that I literally... When I was listening to the song, I literally laughed out loud, Dory. Yes, go ahead. Do you want to go first this time? I mean, it's got to be the same line. Okay, you go You go first, though. Okay, and speaking of Nintendo 64, <laughs> this line was just killer. <clears throat> I want a girl in my bed yeah. who knows what to do, a PlayStation 2. <laughs> yeah. You know, the two things that... All kids want a sexually active girlfriend at 10 and, you know, PS2. Casual. Yeah. All the things you need. I don't even remember. Did the PS2 have DVD capabilities? Because that would work oh, out yeah. perfectly. Oh, it definitely did. Yeah. So this is all starting to interconnect here. It's all coming together. Yep. For this very lucky little kid that's getting everything. <laughs> and a vacation to Hawaii. Did we mention that yet? We should because it's come up a lot recently. It really has. And a new uh, NYC shopping spree, <laughs> yeah, which can only mean like one of those Toys R Us, like run through the store in five minutes and fill up your cart. Oh, totally. Yeah, man. And our final pop punk Christmas track of the season, Mike, track number eight, Bowling for Soup's Father Christmas. And this one was a suggestion by our good friend and also one time co-host, Tommy Lindemann. Let's hear it. want to co-host an episode then you're forced to tell us a pop punk christmas song that you kind of remember or like we didn't beg them for this they submitted their response and they just happened to be two lucky winners was his initial submission the bowling for soup version or did he just no. say the kinks no he literally said uh father christmas by the kinks and i was like okay i mean the thing about that is it's already pretty punk rock like if you had to pick any punk rock christmas song like this is the og punk rock christmas song but i thought to give it the pop punk spin to it we had to do the bowling for soup version yeah i think that's fair but i was really surprised to see the original was released back in 1977 i know a lot earlier than i thought too yeah kind of crazy which is pretty cool when i worked at fye talking about being home from college during the holidays that was the one part that i did not like was working at the mall <laughs> yeah but we had a christmas sampler cd sent to us by like trans world entertainment like the parent company and it had like 30 songs so you 
probably heard each song a couple times during your shift. That CD broke, and the <laughs> only one that we could like get approval to open and replace it was like a 99 cent sampler CD with like five songs on it. Oh, and this was one of those songs. Oh, really? So, the Kinks version, not the Bowling Pursuit version. So you hate this song then? Well, that's the thing. I still like it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a good song. It is a really good song. I would say it it holds a very special place in my heart because I vividly remember hearing this song, the Kinks version, on the radio back in Christmas circa 2000. Mm -hmm. And I remember waiting for it. I thought it was so funny. Shane and I listened to it and we thought it was so over the top and so funny. And we kind of thought we weren't supposed to be listening to it. And I waited for it to come back on the radio. I took my little cassette from my talk boy and put it in the boombox and recorded it from the radio so that I could listen to it like over and over again. That's huge dedication. Oh, I was very dedicated. So I, probably not unlike you and FYE, I remember listening to the song kind of on repeat for one uh, very special Christmas year. That's awesome. As a kid loving this song, it's kind of messed up that the opening line is, when I was small, I believed in Santa Claus, though I knew it was just my dad. That's a really uh, charged accusation to make. I don't know if that's necessarily even true. I was trying to figure out if I had fully heard that line. I don't think I did. I hope not. But I'm trying to think, like, in the year 2000, I don't even know if I was still a Santa Claus believer, if I was a denier by that point. I think that's right around that that age. Yeah, so I think I may have heard that, and I was like, oh, yeah, this guy gets it. But that opening line aside, it seems like this is about a guy that's performing as Santa Claus, I guess, you know, at a mall or somewhere around town, and he gets mugged by all these kids saying you know santa give us all your money like we don't want toys give them to all the rich kids all we want is cold hard cash it feels a lot like something corporates forget december where it kind of reminds you that the holidays aren't great for everyone like people are talking about all the expensive gifts that they're gonna get these kids are basically just trying to get by and it actually is a funny comparison to the last song by Simple Plan where it's like, give me all these expensive toys that I don't need. Right. And these kids are just basically begging for money at the local mall. So I don't know. It is an interesting spin on it. Yeah. And while I don't agree with the idea of mugging Santa Claus. <laughs> Although, you know. <laughs> I do think it is nice to just get some money every once in a while for Christmas. Oh, these days, money is gold. We grew up in a difficult time because I know when we were very young, there was like the gift certificate, but the gift card really exploded mm. with our like throughout our adolescence. And part of that is nice because as a kid, you can like save your gift cards to get like a big ticket item from like GameStop or Target or Best Buy. But now as a 31 year old and I get a gift card, it's like, okay, but like <laughs> either you can give me cash or just nothing like I can make my own decision on where I want to go and shop, you know? Yeah, it's like, oh, I really have to just go to Panera Bread now? Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't really want to go there, but okay, if I have to. And I think it's kind of like a technicality because the way around that is to get, like, the Visa or the American Express gift card, but then you have to limit yourself to, like, okay, I can spend $25 only because that's all I have on this card and I can't, like... Yeah. I guess in person you can... Combine it with another payment offering, but online it's like that's the only credit card you can enter. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I better. Uh, you have to nail it like prices Right style. Yeah. I remember my grandma used to give us Visa gift cards each year. And in college, that was huge because that would last you a pretty long time. 
Yeah. And um, one year, Abby and I went to Taco Bell, and they had, like, the spicy Frito burrito for, like, a dollar. Mm. And I didn't know how much was left on the Visa card, so I just gave it to them. I'm like, uh, let's ring up 20, 20 burritos. <laughs> and it went through, so I'm like, perfect. And uh, then we went to a friend's apartment, and we just, like, were passing out burritos. So that was pretty fun. That's amazing. Yeah, I was the man that night. We were kings. Yeah, <laughs> gift cards are king. Not a ton of differences between this and the original. There is one line that Bowling for Soup took some artistic liberties with. They changed the original line is don't give my brother a Steve Austin outfit. They changed it to don't give my brother a Spider-Man outfit. I guess yeah. to update it with the times. And I know Steve Austin is a reference to the six million dollar man. But like <laughs> Let me guess, Mike. You thought of the wrestler. <laughs> of course. I think Bowling for Soup, one of their most famous songs, The Girl All the Bad Guys Want, she's watching wrestling. Yep. Keep that Steve Austin line in there. And those are incredible gifts to receive. Like Oh yeah. If you go down on Christmas morning and you get an Austin 316 t-shirt, like, that's better than cash. Oh, that's the best Christmas ever. That's better than any drum sets, any N64s. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. That's cool currency. Whoa. Yeah. The kids would love that. You wouldn't get beat up in school for once. <laughs> <laughs> you would be the one doing the beating. Well, yeah. Open up a can of whoop-ass, you know? <laughs> uh, a hard... Oh, no. I... I'm not doing my stone cold. So... Oh, please, God, don't. <laughs> And that's the bottom line. <laughs> because the pop punk project said so. <laughs> Thanks for playing us out, Steve. Once again, everybody, thanks so much for joining us on that very special Christmas journey. Hopefully you learned a lot. Hopefully you got to revisit some of your favorites. And uh, hope you guys are having a great holiday season. You know what, Keenan? I think that was just what I needed to cure my Christmas blues. <laughs> I can tell you seem a lot, uh, a lot cheerier than the beginning of this episode, Mike. I'm definitely feeling merry and bright now, Keenan. Thanks so much. Hey, you're welcome, buddy. That's why I'm here. Thanks, guys, for checking out our second Christmas special. <laughs> we hope you had fun. Uh, I love this time of year, man. It's fun to check out these songs. We'll see you in a couple weeks, I guess. A couple months. A couple, eh, couple, couple years. A couple, couple decades. Couple. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, guys, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Enjoy time with family. But not too much time, because it can get on your nerves. <laughs> 2022, here we come. Check us out on our socials, Instagram and Twitter at poppunkproject, patreon.com slash poppunkproject, poppunkproject at gmail.com. And buy yourself a nice Christmas gift from our website. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or don't. We don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Due to supply chain yeah. uh, delays, please expect your poppunkproject uh, t-shirt. Like everything we do, it will be late. <laughs> Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. And we hope you had the time of your lives. Crack.
Christ is born in Bethlehem and good riddance. <laughs> Joy to the world and good riddance. That's not bad. Joy to the world. Barney's dead. We barbecued his head and good riddance. <laughs> oh, that's a throwback. Don't worry about the body. We flush it down the potty and good riddance. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>